Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. Huh. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the plow looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Christmas five minutes and you about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you're studying trying to reach, huh? But after him who's able to possess your father's by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. Capital of the world. The butterfly. Ca- I thought it was the alligator capital of the world. Well, we got alligators too, but I live in Coconut Creek, Florida, and that's the butterfly capital of the entire world. Oh, I just learned something. Yeah. Butterfly, butterflies chasing the alligators. There's, there's, there we got more butterflies than alligators. Okay. Well, great, great. That's a great thing to know. Yeah. It is. Learn something every day. How you doing? How you feeling? I'm fantastic, man. It's a wonderful sunny sunny day out here today and yeah. I'm living and breathing and got the rest of the day to create some havoc or something, so I'm good. Yes, yeah, a nice day out here on in in Cal in Florida. I thought I was in California there for a minute. In Florida. It's beautiful out here. And I think we got a really special guest today. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Lynette, are you I there? She... Yes, sir. Oh, I'm glad to have you. Thank you. Listen, Lynette, I'm going to introduce you, and then um, Lamont and I are going to ask you a whole bunch of questions. I think this is a really interesting subject. So if you don't mind, I'm going to just 
share with our listeners a little bit about you, and then we'll jump right into your subject. Okay. I can hear an echo, Matthew. There's an echo on the line. I don't know if somebody have a There's radio an echo? or something. No. Yeah. I don't. Let me let me just try one thing and see if I can get that done. How about now? Is this okay? No, no I still hear no, still hear you twice. I tell you what I would do. I'm going to hang up and I'm going to dial in again, assuming it's me. Okay. I'll dial you right back. Hello, Lynette. How are you? I'm just fine, Lamont. How are you? I am so blessed today. It's just unbelievable. It's breathtaking. And it is in California, too, where I'm at. It's just gorgeous outside. No alligators, though. <laughs> no, we, Not by the water, need, and I think I'm glad. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't need no alligators. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, last year this time, uh, I, I visited um, uh, Florida, and I went and seen the, the Gator Boys and those guys putting their heads in the mouths of those big creatures. Oh, you know, they no. Got, they, they got a yeah, lot, lot more nerve than me. Can you hear me okay now? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I can. After, yeah. Okay. Good. Well, let me introduce Lynette, and hopefully I won't echo too much. Um, we have today with us Lynette M. Smith, who has discovered her life's purpose, what she calls her big achievable goal, to get millions of people worldwide to write heartfelt letters of appreciation so they can establish, enhance, and even rebuild their relationships and in that way change their world. Lynette is the award-winning author of How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure, for special occasions and occasions made special. A comprehensive reference book showing how to write over 150 different types of letters of appreciation. She's also published six self-contained themed letter writing guides based on material from her main book, as well as four tips booklets to help brides, grooms, and their parents Write gratitude letters to one another to commemorate the marriage. Lynette, thanks for joining us. I think this is a really important subject to talk about gratitude and especially to talk about how to communicate it to someone in written form. So welcome. Well, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here and a pleasure. And it is vital that people express their appreciation. Don't miss an opportunity. Because too many people don't know they're appreciated, and they sometimes go to their deathbed not knowing it. That's kind of sad, truly. Oh, that surely and is. it can be changed. Yep. So, so could you tell us a little bit about how you got into this very specific uh, uh, work? Yes. Um, <laughs> As a professional copy editor, I had no idea I'd end up on the other end of writing a book on this thing. But back in 2008, that November, my son got married. And at the rehearsal dinner, he and his wife-to-be each brought out and presented to their own parents a framed letter of appreciation. 
and it was so moving, so very moving. They talked about each of them for their own lives, what it was like growing up in their family, what traits they most appreciated about each of their parents. Then they Hmm. talked about the values they'd learned that they were going to bring to their marriage, and oh my goodness, there was not a dry eye in the house. Believe it. Yeah, we still got our letter that, you know, that was presented that day. It's in a place of honor in our home, and I'm going to tell you, every time I read that letter, my heart, my hand just goes to my heart. I don't even think about it, and I'm reading that, and my eyes get all welled up again with tears again. How many years later? That's lasting power. In their relationship. Yeah. So much better. I think it's a really very powerful thing to do to, uh, number one, to think about it and identify it. And then on the other hand, communicating it takes it to an entirely different level because it reaches the heart of the other person. Um, How... um, how do you suggest that people go about doing this if they're, say, not accustomed to it? Well, first go to a quiet space in their minds and try to get rid of a bunch of other distractions. Next, think about that person you're going to write to and start jotting down the positive traits as you know them, that you've observed, that you've seen examples of. Uh, jot down just some notes about that. Actually, your letter would be most smoothly begun by talking about a shared treasured memory, something you both remember and treasure. And you can just kind of start your letter with that and then go on into the positive traits. And, you know, I most admire this about you, and I remember back when and I saw saw that in action when you did this. And, oh, I really love the fact that you do this all the time and the way you treat people. So on, just start getting those thoughts out as to what it is that you most appreciate about that person. This is just in the note-taking stage, you understand. Mm -hmm. And then go on from there and think about, well, what kind of a difference has this person made in my life or in the lives of others? This might be a public figure, for example, or let's say a minister at the church, somebody who's made a big difference to so many other people but may not always be told they've made that big difference. And that's what makes this letter so powerful. So you talk about the values you've learned or the difference they've made in your life or in the lives of others, and you acknowledge them for that and thank them. And really all that's left after that to do is to sign the letter and present it. That's really that simple. You you ask that people uh, – uh, what I'm hearing you say is that people get very specific – about the yes. things that they share, not just say, hey, I think you're a really great person. Right. Right. People want to know what they're great for yeah. so they can recognize right. it in themselves and realize that it has paid off, that they've tried hard to do that, and now they've been told they've succeeded. They can die happy someday. They don't have to be old when they get this letter, but the point is, the point That's is, would line. you just, yeah, would you just hate going to your deathbed not knowing whether your life had a you know whether you achieved something positive, it would be awful. Yes, most, de- most definitely. And, and and don't you know people people do acknowledge other people day to day. They'll say, "Oh man, you're so great. I am so glad you helped us out with this program or whatever." Uh, oh man, I appreciate it when you fixed my car, and that's great as far as it goes. But you know what? A year from now, 
that'll be forgotten. It won't be remembered. And and they'll think, oh, I think you said something nice. That's all. That's all that stays in the brain. So if you've got evidence, tangible evidence, a written letter, and yeah, you can compose it on the computer and print it out, but for sure and sign it. Sign it by hand or do a whole handwritten letter if you're so inclined. Either way is good. Point is, you dedicated thought and took the time to tell that person why they were special. And that person's going to have that letter as tangible evidence that they can go back to again and again, just like I do with that letter that our son gave us. And it means every bit as much every time you read it as it did the first time, because I'm living proof of that. I know it for a fact. That counts. And you know what else? Yeah, someday I'm going to die too. And that letter is not going to die with me. That letter is going to go back. And, you know, it'll, my husband will keep it, of course. But when he dies, my son will get that, and he'll give it to his daughters and so on. And that will be evidence of what his mom or their grandma was like or their grandpa was like, their, their grand, you know, his dad. It's, it's family legacy. So these letters live on even beyond the lifetime of the person they're written to. And that's great. Lynette, let me ask you a question. How do you deal sure. with that in, in today's society where a lot of people have gotten away from the pen and the paper and everything's, you know, digital now? Sure, text. Well, you know, texts. They're just conversation. That's all they are. They're nothing that's going to last. Suppose you do an email. That's going to last longer than a text, but suppose your computer crashes. Or guess what? How many emails do people get on average every day? Now, who's who's going to be able to find that email five years from now, 10 years, 15 years from now? It's buried. It's buried. It's not tangible. It's not where you can touch it and hold it and read it again. It's going to be forgotten. So email, maybe something starts out as an email, but here's an idea. Take that email after you wrote it and make it more formal and turn it into a letter and sign it and give it and say, I thought you might like to have it in this form too. That works. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I can see that being a lot more personal. But I think... Part of what your question was, not so much the how-to, but to get them to try it. So younger people, you know, the digital world, mostly younger people, right? And they're out there and they're, they're thinking this is the only way to communicate. They don't even look each other in the eye at dinner. They're, they're texting each other on their iPhones. <laughs> it's crazy. But it's what they do, and I understand that. But what they don't realize is how good it feels to get a letter like that. So if somebody wants to convey to those people why it's a good idea to try this other approach just for a refreshing change of pace, best way is to write a letter of appreciation to that person and let them experience for themselves how special that feels to get that letter. And then they'll go, oh, huh. And the light bulb goes on, and then they go, huh, maybe, you know, so-and-so's been really special in my life. Maybe I could write them a letter. Whoa, what a concept. Write a letter. Great. (laughs) It's amazing. Do you you have – sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's amazing how simple that is, but I remember a time that's how we used to communicate the most – 
just like I mm-hmm. remember a time where we remembered hundreds of phone numbers without even thinking about it twice. Yeah. You know, we just run them off, and now you do most people good if they can remember 20 phone numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. And we have trouble remembering three here. <laughs> Our own and two cell phones. Wait, what's that again? Let me look it up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Uh, I, we I have to become so question, reliant on it. Yeah, sure. Lynette, do you do you have an idea about what it is that stops people from writing these kinds of letters? I think I do. I think they feel inadequate to the task. I mean, first of all, if somebody says handwritten letter, a lot of people's heart stops. Handwriting? I forgot how to do handwriting. Okay, so that's all right. Compose it on the computer. You do know how to sign your name, right? And if they don't know how to hand sign their name in cursive writing, okay, print your name. It's okay. (laughs) Get it down in writing on a piece of paper. That's the point. So I think... Part of it is is the the uh, fright over having thinking they have to handwrite a letter, and if they don't know handwriting, they've forgotten cursive or never learned it in school. And a lot of schools don't teach it anymore. I know that. Uh, they can print the letter, they can put it on the computer and get the computer to print it out. That's okay too. But the other obstacle I think is people feel embarrassed about what they want to say. They don't feel adequate to the task. Well, I'm not a great mm-hmm. writer. I'll be, you know, oh, I'd be embarrassed to have to write anything, you know. Well, shoot, guess what? Here's what you do. You pretend you're sitting across the table from the person you want to write to, and you're just having a one-sided conversation, telling them how great they are, but you're taking notes. Let that be the first draft, and then work with Mm. it. And when you've got your best effort at a final draft, have somebody else that you trust take a look at it, and they can tell you what the little mistakes are that you want to fix and so on, and that's, that word got misspelled. That's okay. We'll fix it. There's always somebody friendly around you who can help you out with the things you don't think you're strong at, and that's the way to make it your best effort. You make your own personal best effort, and then you get a little help from somebody, and then you make it better, and then you present it. So you're saying that embarrassment and the, and the fear of being inadequate are, the, from your observations, the two major things that would stop someone from, say, getting off of this, uh, listening to this uh, broadcast today and then thinking of somebody and not finishing that project because of those two reasons. It sounds That's reasonable right. to me. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, I'm a copy editor. I know a lot of people don't have faith in their own writing. But you know what? We all have different talents. I work with book authors on their manuscripts, and I am, I am awed by the creativity they have in composing novels and proper ways to put nonfiction books mm-hmm. together and so on. I'm impressed by that, and I know that's not necessarily one of the skills I was born with. Now, I can write down how-to things all day long and half the night, and that's why I wrote a reference book and not a novel. I can do that. But I worry it to death, and I know which words are spelled wrong and so on. So, mm-hmm. um, But I'm not saying that I'm, I'm high in terms of creativity. 
not like regular book authors are and other, you know, artists and so on. Musicians, they have creativity. It's it's amazing and I so admire it. I'm more the technician, truly. And so that's what, it. We've all got it? different talents and skills. What would you say would be the appropriate response if you received one of these? Because you got one and, and you really turned it into something that's massive in terms of your own life. I mean, it sounds like it affected you very deeply. And you said you put it on the wall in your house and you read it regularly and you have, you know, you're, you're doing something rather unusual with it. But what, what would you say would be an appropriate response if someone gets one of these letters? Well, if they're getting it in person, which is the ideal, a big hug and a kiss never hurts. <laughs> Okay. You know, and that's going to come naturally. You don't have to school anybody to do that. If you've received a letter like this, you're moved. You're you're really emotionally moved, and and you just want to reach out. The relationship between you and that person that gave you the letter is so strong and tangible, and it stays. It lasts, and it it's just sometimes you know. That, so that's it for the immediate moment. Those are the the reactions that tend to happen, but then. Down the line, you're thinking, oh, man, if that was this meaningful to me, you know, I think I want to write a letter to so-and-so. Or you might even want to write one back uh, to the person who who wrote to you. But I think paying it forward is a wonderful idea. You know, if you Mm. feel that good getting one of these letters, make other people feel good, too, and let them know they're acknowledged. Let them know they've made a difference. And that's really what happened when I got that letter, other than just personally reading it and feeling moved every time. I I couldn't get it out of my mind, the fact that my son had thought of this idea, and he and his fiance did it. And I thought, my gosh, more people ought to know how meaningful something like this is. And that's what got me going on those those four tips booklets for brides and grooms and their parents to write letters to each other. Because I thought, well, if I can get those in the hands of of um, bridal consultants and wedding planners and tell them, have them give them out to their their clients, the people getting married and their parents, we're going to generate all kinds of love around this marriage um, occasion, you know. It's a wonderful opportunity for, for kids to write to their parents and the parents to write to the kids and the brides and the grooms to write to each other to tell how much they appreciate those other people. It's just wonderful. And so that's really where I came from. That's how it caught me. And it was during Mm -hmm. that that I was going, this is a life's purpose. I certainly certainly and truly hope some of my bill collectors are listening to this show. (laughs) (laughs) To tell you how much they appreciate you? (laughs) Or are you going to tell tell them how much you appreciate them? They will, I want them to write me and tell me how much they appreciate me and not write me so many collection letters. Well, yeah, we don't like getting bad newsletters, do we? But yet, <laughs> no, you know what? Don't. That's almost the only kind we get anymore, isn't it? That's what bad I'm talking about. Bad news this and bad news that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you dread Look, going to your mailbox get, if, these days. If I get one of your kind of letters, then I probably won't even know how to act. Well, that's right. I'd love to that's see why it happen. I asked that question. <laughs> that's exactly yep. why I asked that question. I was trying to help him out because I knew he wouldn't know how that. <laughs> I hear that. Uh-huh. This is skipping to my loo. Well, well Scoot, first your knees would buckle, then you'd collapse and you'd faint, and then you'd wake up and go, "Did that really happen?" 
And then you'd go, wow. Wow. Well, I like I really like this thing that they put it in a frame and gave it to you. And I like that. That's really yes. saying this communication truly means a lot to me, you know, that I uh-huh. put that kind of effort in it. You know, I didn't That's just write right. it on a, on a paper torn out of a notebook and, you know, hand it to you. It sounds like it was a really beautiful experience. Oh, um, so moving. And I, I, you know, this, everybody at the rehearsal dinner was there and they were all just dripping tears uh, they had the best man and maid of honor read those letters aloud, by the way, because they knew they wouldn't be able to, to read all the way through. So they stood by their parents while the two, the other two people, the best man and maid of honor, read the letters. And that really helped because, you know, oh, man, <laughs> they they both knew they wouldn't last. They'd, they'd break down and cry through the whole thing, you know, part way through. <laughs> hmm. So that's one of the things about presenting a letter you want to keep in mind. Can you do it? Can you do it? And how do you want to do it? And there are so many ways. That's that's part of, you know, enhancing the experience. You plan the letter, you write it, you package it in a way that's appropriate, and then you present it. And sometimes you can even enhance it. You can enhance the experience. Like uh, suppose you're writing to your spouse who's overseas, deployed somewhere, and uh, you're writing a special letter like this. Well, you might also be able to uh, record it on a tape or else read it aloud to them if they have access to Skype or something like that in a way. So they've, they've got something tangible, but they've also got something visual. So there's ways to enhance the experience. Mm-hmm. And just it's a situation-by-situation situation deal. You just say, what's appropriate? What's the best way? And then you just do it. Beautiful idea. Beautiful idea. Uh, Lynette, if you don't mind me asking... Um, how often do you do this to people in your I life? I write letters. I write letters. I end up about once every month and a half writing to somebody for one thing or another, and it's always a letter of appreciation. Mm-hmm. And cool. and there's – go ahead. You were going to say? No. No, I'm listening. Yeah. Um, there are other ways other than – other than the letters, and I, I, I'm all about the letters, but I want to share a little something with you, too, for people who don't feel um, adequate to the task of writing a letter. Oh, I hope they decide to become adequate, but let's suppose they don't. In my book and in those theme guides, I've got lists of 72 words each. They're demographic lists that describe someone's – they're words that describe someone special, you can go to a list that says military service member, and you've got 72 of what I consider to be the most powerful positive words you can draw on to describe a military service member. There's another list like that for teachers, coaches, mentors, and students. It's another list for an older man, for an older woman, younger man, younger woman, and so on. 15 different kinds of lists going all the way down mm-hmm. to a smaller child. And what, when I mentioned earlier about putting one of these lists together, I, you know, it's great you're one to list, putting your letter together and thinking of their traits. It's great to look at those lists to really pin down some of the words that, that say to you, yeah, that describes him or that describes her. But coming around to another creative way to use those word lists, and I did this for my father-in-law's 90th birthday, by the way, I got the older man list out and I circled or I, I wrote down all the words from that list that I felt described him, and I made a little little plaque sort of a thing, 
And I, I said, Ben Smith, who says you're indescribable? <laughs> and I wrote down all the words that I had gleaned from that list that I felt applied to him, and I made them all real colorful, and there was a green word and a red word and an orange word and so on. And it was all nicely centered in big print and, you know, sort of frameworthy, or at least put it in a certificate holder, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I presented that to him for his 90th birthday as a way for me to show him why I thought he was special. And when my husband retired three years ago, I wrote him a letter when he retired telling him, not showing him. Well, I made two kinds of lists for him. One one was the list like I described, but the other one was a regular letter of appreciation telling him how much it, you know, his hard work ethic and everything else has meant to me personally and to, to our son and so on. And all of that. So he got a, a retirement letter from his wife. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. But let's turn it around. If somebody's at work and someone's going to retire, wouldn't it be nice if a letter like that came from the boss to the person retiring? You know? Here's all the ways we've valued you that during the years you've been here. Instead of just a plaque that's got a, you know, that they picked up at the plaque store. <laughs> uh, a letter. It says all the ways this person contributed. Don't forget about the fake gold watch and the donuts. Oh, got to do that. Well, donuts, of course. Always donuts. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, it's just there's so many opportunities. But point is you can take those word lists and do fun things with them. Matter of fact, uh, when – when our son and his wife, uh, they had their first child. We knew it was going to be a girl. We knew her name was going to be Kaylin. And at the baby shower, uh, we had a little game. That we I printed out the words for a smaller child, and we, we had a little uh, planter that looked like a choo-choo train. It was a little baby-like thing, you know. And we called it Wishes for Kaylin. And I had printed out those words in a different way and got some little cute scallop scissors. And everybody who came, I said, Pick out the word on this list that you most, most hope will describe Kaylin someday. Cut it out, put your own name on the back, and put it in her little choo-choo of wishes. Mm. So that was a kind of a fun way to use those positive words there. And then from those words, we made another plaque. Mommy wishes you uh, will be this. Daddy wishes you will be that. And all your other special friends and relatives wish you will be this or hope you will be this and that was all the rest of the words and that made a nice little plaque that's on display at their house today and we did the same thing when their second daughter was born funny thing when i was writing the book and coming up with with those word lists myself one time we were over visiting them they live in arizona and i said hey byron why don't you take this list of positive words to describe a young woman And, Rachel, why don't you take this list of words to describe a young man and circle all the ones that you think your husband has. And, and Byron, circle all the ones you think your wife has, all those good qualities, and just hand them back to me. And I made them a couple of little plaques from that and that they have those displayed along with their two daughters. So it was great, you know, what Byron most appreciates about Rachel, what Rachel most appreciates about Byron. So after that, you got invited back. Huh? Yeah, we got invited back. They didn't even mind feeding us dinner. <laughs> I told you our relationship turned great. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. I think it's beautiful. It was never bad, I'll tell you. But it was great after. 
yeah, there's just all kinds of ways. You can use the words, you can write the letters. And, you know, there's another thing, too, I'd like, I know I'm doing a little bit of monopolizing here, but here's an important point. I keep talking about what if it's too late, you know, get them before they die. Well, what Mm -hmm. if somebody has died and you regret that you didn't tell them how special they were? Do you have any recourse? And the answer is yes, you do. You can still write that deceased person a letter, and you can still talk to them about what made them special to you and what a difference they made in in your life or the lives of others. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how highly personal that letter is, you can um, use a degree of ceremony. Well, you can go to, let's say, a quiet place like a mountain stream or go out in the desert if that's a place that gives you peace. Uh, go out by the ocean if that's where you feel drawn to go. And you read the letter aloud. And then if this person you wrote to has living relatives, you know, spouse, children, if it's not too highly personal a letter, present it to them to keep so they know more about what other people thought about their parent or their brother or their sister. Mm-hmm. Um if it's too highly personal a content, another way you can do this is to tear up the letter, burn it. If you tear it up, you can float those pieces down the mountain stream or send them to the four winds or throw them in the ocean or whatever you think is an appropriate way. Uh, some people will take a letter like that and they'll they'll bury it deep where nobody else will ever, ever, ever find it. But mm-hmm. they, they still want it in one piece. Um, some people will burn the letter. Uh, some, you know, as far as I talked about special places, you can always just go into a room with some candles lit, and that's the quiet place where you read the letter aloud. So there's all kinds of ways to add ceremony and still give closure to the idea that you're letting somebody know they were acknowledged. And I have a personal belief that that person who's maybe gone from this plane of existence is still tuned in somewhere listening and watching and appreciating back. So I don't think that effort's wasted. I think that's a really wonderful suggestion. I think it could be Thank very, you. very moving and also very healing. That's right. Um, in, in healing in terms of wounds or make it easy, easier maybe to forgive somebody but, or just simply yeah. to celebrate the love that you have for that person. That's that right. Might have been, not expressed as fully as you wished it was. Exactly. That's what I, that's what I was thinking, Matthew. It would give you the ability to bring some type of closure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really helps. And, Matthew, you mentioned about forgiveness, too, and that's certainly an important concept. One of the chapters in my book is called Mending a Torn Relationship. That's the last chapter in the book. You know, the whole book was all about good news, but then you end up in this space of regret about something between two people that hasn't gone just right, and it's just hurting to leave it that way. And that chapter gives advice on how to address that. But the same thing, if the one person has already passed away, you can still bring closure, you can still ask for forgiveness or grant forgiveness, if that's the case, mm-hmm. through a letter and that same yeah. sense of ceremony. Of course, if they haven't passed away, you've got an opportunity here, you know, to to write a letter and have it be received. I would say in a case like that, the best way is not to present it in person. Because if there's a bad relationship, there's bad blood between you, 
you go knocking at their door, they may slam the door in your face. That's not the way you want to do that. Mm. You get that to them in writing in the mail so they can open it on their own with nobody around, nobody witnessing their reaction, and give it a chance to be received in that way. Well, I do think it's, that's a wonderful idea, and it's very related to gratitude. And I think that what we're just talking about about closure, so many people uh, that that I work with um, in my practice may have people in their past that parents or you know any any kind of person who they've cared about and is gone. And it's often it's rare that I think most people feel, um, in a sense, um, complete with a relationship when the person goes. It's hard to get there. We don't have much training or preparation for it. That's right. It's difficult. And I think that's a beautiful way to handle that. Mm-hmm. It really is very healing. And, and you know, we should, we're about peace, right? We want peace in our hearts, peace in the world. But to get peace in our hearts, what's what's keeping us from peace? Think if it's a relationship, then do your best to change that relationship around and make it a peaceful one. It may not be a close relationship, but if you can bring peace between two parties who are who have something bad between them, it's worth the effort. It truly is. Even if all you can do is say you tried. If you make the overture, and even if it's not well-received, you have made the overture, and in that respect, you can have peace in your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, I think when it comes to couples, that's, that's a, a particular area of relationship that's very special to me. I, I often recommend and strongly suggest to couples that they get into practice of expressing their gratitude to each other about very everything um, from small to to medium to large things on a regular basis, like even daily of getting in the habit of saying, I appreciate you for this or that. It's a beautiful thing, and it really, it's not only healing, but it expands the sense of love that they have for each other. Because when I tell you what I'm grateful for, I feel it. That's right. And And gratitude is is love. Uh Uh-huh. Gratitude is love, and that's one of the best spaces you can be in. You know, there's love mm-hmm. or there's fear. You know, two ends of the spectrum there. Gratitude is way over at the love end. And so if you can be in a space of gratitude, you are in a space of love. Mm-hmm. And that's vital. Would you like to know a little bit about how my book is structured? Structured. Sure. Listen to me. I'm the technician. Do you hear that? Oh, my goodness sake, I laugh at myself sometimes. No, I'll just tell you just a quick overview. The book, the book is called How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions and Occasions Made Special. Peggy Post, who's the director of the Emily Post Institute, has actually written the foreword of that book. I've told you a little bit about those, those word lists at the back, but the book is divided into three sections. The first one talks about, and it applies to all kinds of letters, how to write it, uh, how to plan it, how to write it, how to package it, how to present it, and how to enhance the experience. Then the second section is simply special occasions like birthdays and anniversaries and retirements and so on, 
or there's really something on the calendar that you're trying to celebrate. And in mm-hmm. each case, what it does is it talks about uh, the context of the holiday or the occasion so you can get into that space of what it's about. And then it asks some pointed questions to help you give thought to what you want to write about. So it really is prompting you in that respect. Then the third section is about occasions made special uh, when you just decide to write to somebody. For example, what if they're in hospice? You know they're going to die. They know they're going to die. You can tell them what a big difference they made, and it's okay to give them that mm-hmm. letter right there while they're still alive. Uh, mm-hmm. That's Sometimes people in hospice want to write letters to everybody else, and that works too. So those yeah. are some occasions made special. Um, then, then in the appendix, we've got those word lists I talked about. We've also got some 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 of what I think are the most powerful quotes to maybe include one at the beginning or the end of your letter on di- various themes. Then there's another section that talks about uh, it would be what I call great beginnings to jumpstart your sentences. When with, even with all those other tools, you're sitting there with the pen and your hand and your paper and you're going oh i don't know how to write this well you know there are different themes like the very first one is called shared past experiences and it starts the sentence for you remember when we used to mm-hmm. fill in the blank you know and there's a lot mm-hmm. of that and so that's really really a helpful part of the appendix so all the tools are there all the tools are there to get you in the right space mentally and to give you the tangible ways that you can get that letter written. There, I'm done. I, I think that that's a really productive thing because my experience is that most people do not have a ready vocabulary of affirmation or gratitude. They don't have the word. Right. They may have a feeling in their heart of appreciation for another person, but because they're not accustomed to talking that way, I think what you're offering them is a very practical and useful uh, tool. Is Here's a whole bunch of words, and finding ones that apply is a lot right. easier than um, going into what might be, I suppose, their passive vocabulary, you know, words we know what we sure. don't use very often. And I think that, that that's an excellent idea about working, help carrying a person through the process. I would imagine that as somebody did that for more and more people, it would become part of their of their language, part of their vocabulary. But I, 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 I sometimes say to couples, you know, what are 10 or 15 things you really appreciate about your partner? And sometimes people have a hard time up with the right words for it. It's not that they don't appreciate their sure. partner. They don't have the vocabulary. And it's That's like right. almost like learning a language, you know, a yeah. gratitude yeah. language, I think. Right. Well, just I've just opened it up to a middle-aged woman. The first ten words, accommodating, adaptable, affectionate, ambitious, artistic, caring, charitable, comforting, compassionate, conscientious. See, those are the kinds of words that yeah, they wouldn't mm-hmm. come right to the front of your brain, but you look at them mm-hmm. and you go, oh, that's it, that's right. You know, So you can right. pull those words out of there if you don't have that mental vocabulary on your own. But you recognize them when you see them, and that's mm-hmm. really quite a helpful tool. I think it's an so excellent I w- idea. I, yeah. I'm sorry, Lamont, did you have a question? Nope, I was just listening to you guys. Okay. Taking it all in. Well, I, I'm, 
I just yeah. want to let you well, know here's... that I'm really grateful what what a good listener you are. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. By, good. By you, Put it in writing. Well, Matthew is an author, and I published um, several books for, you know, different clients. So everything you uh-huh. say is important, especially, you know, hear from yourself, someone like yourself. So just... Thank you. Turning my bra- just you know, turning my brain into a sponge and just absorbing it. <laughs> sponge is a good mode to be in. It's called being a good listener, like he said. You know, there is a page on my website, which, by the way, is goodwaystowrite.com, and it's called this page is called Heartfelt Stories, and there's mm-hmm. a whole collection of stories from people who have written letters or received letters, and it's describing what it was like for them. There's one very short story I'd like to just repeat to you. Well, actually, it's so close I can probably read it to you. Um, Larry Edwards wrote a brief one, and uh, there it is. He wrote, My mother had Alzheimer's. About a year before she died, I wrote my mother a letter telling her how much I loved her and told her I was sorry for all the things I did when I was a little kid. Although there were times when, as I stood before her, she did not recognize me as her son, my father told me that she read the letter I wrote almost every day as if it had just arrived and told everyone it was from her son. Isn't that something? Someone with Alzheimer's can still benefit from that. Mm, Yeah. That's that's just amazing. And that's just one of many, many stories. Yes. Yes. Good point. So we don't have to forget our loved ones if they forget day-to-day who they are and who the people around them are. They can still appreciate gestures made towards them. And something like a letter can be appreciated every day. Well, I think this whole idea of, of, you know, it's interesting that it's an interesting thing that can happen with someone with Alzheimer's, but in a relationship, if we tell the person what we're grateful for and, and we really take the moment to really experience it, we do see them fresh in a new way when we share that. It, it, it moves that person, our experience of that person, forefront in a very powerful way. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an enormously helpful technique for helping heal and in a sense, I would say, bless relationships. I really do think so. Yes. Affirming. It's so life-affirming. It's, it's, yes. You know, the more people hear that they've done a good job, the more they want to do a good job. Isn't that the bottom mm-hmm. line? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. certainly true. And, I really think and that. And then imagine everybody in the world doing that and how much nicer the world would be. And so if you can get those letters into their hands and they get inspired and they write letters and so on and so on, we've got all these letters throughout the world and people are feeling good about themselves and about the people around them and people are focused on gratitude, not fear. Wouldn't it be lovely? Yes. Well, now are you saying... Lynette, that it's better if you have the chance to sit with a person and share this with them than to write it down and, and mail it to them? Are you are you taking a no, write point it of view down. about that or not? Mm-hmm. No, uh, the point of view is write it down. 
and then hand okay. carry it over to the person and read it to them aloud or hand it to them, either one, but be with them if you can, unless it's a letter of forgiveness. That's the kind you want to mail for sure. Okay. But if it's just a general gratitude letter, you want to be there in person to to show that you think that's special. And it can be, be there in person over a lunch together if it's a best friend or a special dinner or whatever. Find the best, you know, turn it around. What is it, the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? So if someone were giving mm-hmm. you a letter like that, how would you want to receive it? And then make that happen. Uh, it, it varies from one individual to the next. But the point is you want to show them this is something special you're giving them. And so if you can build the circumstances around it, for example, a couple, you know, uh, in, in a relationship, candlelit dinner is perfect, isn't it? You know, that's the time to do it. Um, if, uh, if it's just two good friends, over a lunch out at a nice restaurant is the time to do it. Um, it, it just Again, it just depends. If somebody is in hospice and you're giving them the letter, you don't have a lot of choice on where. If you can be with them at the time, read the letter aloud. And my cousin was in hospice, and I wrote her a letter of appreciation. I brought it over, and I read it to her aloud. And then, I, of course, I left it with her and her relatives so they could read it again to her or whatever. And, and it was a very moving time. She She cried. I hugged her. She said thank you, and she loved me, and I certainly told her I loved her, and and she died two days later. Um, Yeah, but she was in hospice. She knew she was dying. So that's the thing. If you're writing a letter to somebody in hospice, you don't have to mince words and pretend you don't think they're dying. You can say your life has really been filled with meaning. Here's the difference you've made in mine, you know, and say this. And you can even say I'm going to miss you. That's okay. They know they're dying. They signed mm-hmm. on for that. Right. So, right. you know, it's okay. Anyway, all these, you know, I'm talking about people dying a lot, and I don't mean to dwell there necessarily, but but it's nicest if you can get people the message that they're appreciated while they're alive and healthy. That's the perfect world scenario. Well, you've but got a good point. I maintain it's never too late. Matter, right, because... You know, we might be in hospice and not know it. You know, it, maybe we don't always. We don't always. Not all of us going to live to a hundred. You know, it's like we don't know when no. that person will be gone. So as I, I That's think, right. what you're saying is, don't wait. Don't wait. What's the point in waiting? The the longer they can know they've been appreciated, isn't it the happier for them anyway? Make that a generous gesture on your part. Mm-hmm. Give it to them as soon as you can, you know, because that's important. Well, I, I think that, that many people really appreciate other people and do not communicate it. And I, I think that what you said, the fear of being inadequate or embarrassment, or I would add on a version of it, which would say a lot of people fear being vulnerable, Um uh, yeah. You know, or maybe maybe they fear that they won't get the right kind of response back from from the person they send it to. Um, but I, I do think that the truth is, if if just about anybody listening to this conversation could look in their heart and find someone they feel really grateful for that they have not communicated it to. I mean, it's 
I think most most people don't do a great job of it. That's right. And, you know, what if they're vulnerable? What if they don't get the reaction they expected? Don't you think the expectation going in to give one of these letters should simply be, I want to give this letter to this person. I'm not looking for anything in return. That would be don't a go good in with expectations. Yeah, don't go in with expectations. Just go in feeling good that you're getting to give the message to that person. Period. Because it does feel good to write the letter, and it feels good to present it. It really, truly does. None of that is horrible. It's not even anything to be afraid of. It, it's a rewarding experience to write it and to present it. It's enough. And however it's received, it's received. But writing it and presenting really good, it feels good. That's good advice, I think. I think that's really good advice. Yeah, you just know, don't go in with expectations. Because if they say, oh, that's really nice, thanks. Uh, what are we going to order for dinner? You know, that's my get. <laughs> and you know what? Let's imagine that this is one man writing to another man. And these are straight people, Okay. Uh, but he, he feels that other man made a big difference in his life. And he, and the other man is embarrassed by receiving it hypothetically, mm-hmm. like you're talking, that's great, let's order dinner. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably deeply moved in the inside, but if he doesn't change the subject quickly, he's going to cry, and he doesn't want to be caught crying. Mm-hmm. Respect that. It's okay. Later on, he'll be by himself, and he'll be ever so grateful. Just however it is, have no expectations. I just said expect that. Well, anyway. <laughs> but point is, people have their reasons for reacting how they react. Nobody would ever say, why, you son of a gun, why did you write that? You know? It's always going to be received well. I think that's a good attitude to have. You know, That, that shouldn't stop us from going ahead. That's right. That's right. And again, people want to know they've made a difference. Show it to them. Don't just send them a text or an email. Write a letter and get it into their hands. And I'll bet you that not only stays in their hands, but in the hands of their descendants through generations. Now that's an interesting idea. Yeah. It, it plays into genealogy, doesn't it? People are mm-hmm. always researching their, their ancestors and what were they really like. Well, don't you think this letter would tell them? Matthew, make sure your spelling is correct because they don't want them to think that you're illiterate. You just get that second set of eyes, whoever it is you trust. (laughs) You don't necessarily have to hire a copy editor. I think I can call Lynette and she'd check it out for me. I think that she could handle that. I could handle it, you know. She doesn't. Hey, Lynette, he don't trust his partner over here to do it. <laughs> well, what's up with that, huh? Yeah, case in point. By well, you got to pick your people for their talents. You know, <laughs> if you're not a speller, he shouldn't be coming to you. <laughs> you should come to someone else. Well, I, I went to the Evident Woodhead Sped Red and Glass. Uh huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. That's why that's a good idea to do it for a computer because it got spell check on it. That's, that's a good thing start. I ever had. That is a really good start. It doesn't always know when you spelled somebody's name wrong, but it's a very good start. 
And if you right. see those funny little green squiggly lines, it might be that you had bad grammar. Not always, but might be. So run yeah. it by somebody else. Fix what you can mm-hmm. on your own and then get somebody qualified, who you trust, to look at it in other respects and say, did I miss anything? <laughs> That's all. You know, you'll but get you it know, right. And you, you know, know what? I, I, w- I wouldn't mind being remembered as someone who was grateful, even if I was a bad speller, you know? I think that... There you go. I, I'd let that one pass. <laughs> that would be good. You know, well, my my son, knowing I was a copy editor, one of the things he wrote in there, he says, I, too, find myself paying too much attention to detail. And he says, I admire that, but but I'm doing the same thing you are. And, and somewhere he says, no doubt you will find several errors within this letter. <laughs> he wrote mm-hmm. that. <laughs> I never told him. Yeah, I found three, but I never told him. <laughs> I see. Well, I'm hoping he's not listening to this. Oh, shoot. You forgot Oops. you on the radio. Sorry, but, sorry Byron. <laughs> but I told you you got an A. I just didn't say you got an A-plus on it. <laughs> Yeah, he knows I love him. It's all right. Our relationship is secure. Because you just told on yourself. I did. And I also apologized. Did you notice that? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you did. I always own up to my mistakes. I always own up to my mistakes very quickly. (laughs) In the same breath. That was impressive. Yeah. Why, thank you. Well, I'm, you know, I'm quick to be appreciative, and I'm quick to apologize. I'm quick to accept blame when the blame is mine. And, it, you know, I like clearing the slate moment by moment. I think that's what it amounts to. <laughs> you know, you don't want to carry baggage. Wow. That's powerful, too. I guess you ask for forgiveness a lot. Uh, well, I'm mostly perfect, but every, every now and then I do. <laughs> Every now and then. <laughs> Did you say yeah, you were mostly God. perfect? I said I was mostly perfect. Well, that's that's amazing because well, Lamont has yeah. now met met his match. <laughs> Whoa! No, actually, I was you know, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I like to say though, truly, I strive for excellence. Okay. And I also say to most people, especially when we're talking about, like, how good a job I'm going to do on their manuscript or something with their copy editing, I say, I don't claim to be perfect. So I just told you I said I was mostly perfect, but I didn't tell them that. I said, I don't claim to be perfect, but I do swear I will do an excellent job. I will strive for excellence. And, you know, there's a difference there. So, you know, I do strive for excellence. Yeah, we're down to last minute or so of the show, why don't you take this opportunity to tell our listeners how they can contact you. All righty. Well, you can contact me either by email at Lynette, L-Y-N-E-T-T-E, at goodwaystowrite.com, or you can go to the website, goodwaystowrite.com, and go to the contact page and find me there. And there's a lot of good information on that website. It's worth going there anyhow. I highly recommend it. And then my book is called How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure for Special Occasions and Occasions Made Special. Lynette M. Smith, the author and your trusty companion in writing. Thank you. Thank you, Lynette. It's been a pleasure, and we enjoyed you immensely. 
Absolutely. Well, thank, thank you so you. much. It's been an honor, and I've had a good time, too. It's Please, everybody, to write the letters. <laughs> write the letters. As a matter of well, fact, quit. here's two parting words. Write on. <laughs> <laughs> and quit texting. Start writing letters. Quit being lazy. Yeah, quit texting. Start right. writing. Write on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody. We'll be back, Matthew and myself, next week. Same time, same bad time, same bad channel. You know where it is. Uh, the show will be available shortly for those who just joined us late. You'll be able to hear the show in its entirety. And as always, we appreciate you. We know you could be somewhere else doing something else, but you're here listening to us. And on behalf of myself and Matthew, thank you very much. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleep but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Slackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the palm looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the Twitch five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This here's deep. Huh. Some of y'all ain't saw nothing but you're stuck at trying to reach. Huh. But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate.